Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Hello and welcome to another episode of our podcast series, Beyond Markets. My name is Tom Chen and I'm head of Greater China Investment Advisory in Singapore. Today, I'm with Louis, Equity Research Analyst at Julius Baer. Hi, Louis. Thank you for joining me today for this episode on the discussion of electric vehicle sector. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me here today. Today, we want to discuss about the electric vehicle sector as it remains a widely discussed topic among investors because many of them see as a specific sector that still sees a high growth. However, let's discuss today's largest EV market, which is China. In 2022, China sold a total of 6.8 million EV, which also implies that one out of four cars sold in China were electric vehicles. In global terms, China's total number of EVs sold represented around two-thirds of global EV sales for 2022. So, Luis, would you share with us what drove the phenomenal growth of the EV sales in China? Thanks, Tom. The massive growth of EV in China has been driven by a few reasons. The first and foremost one is the favorable government policies. On the consumer end, EV car buyers are eligible for subsidies that could amount up to 10% to 20% of the purchase price back in 2018. But the subsidies amounts get reduced every year and as of 2023, the subsidies amount has been totally removed, which sort of drove a buying spree for EV nearing to the end of 2022. Furthermore, EV purchases are not subjected to purchase tax as opposed to traditional vehicles. Some cities offer preferential treatment to EV owners, such as free parking or making it easier to get a car plate for EV itself. That sounds interesting. How did the government push the companies to produce more EVs then? And what are some of the external factors that we saw in 2022 that drove EV sales further? So for companies, the government is also supportive to the companies along the supply chain. But to further motivate the automakers to produce EVs, the government has came out with a dual credit mandate. In a nutshell, it sets a target for traditional automobile OEMs to produce a number of EVs. A failure to meet this EV target will incur a credit deficit, which they have to purchase the credit from other companies or face financial penalty. And then, other external factors include high oil prices in 2022, which further enhance the benefits of owning an EV in China. The confluence of these factors then drove the EV sales in China. Tom, in your client conversation, which area of the EV sector do they usually invest in? I have found that investors are more focusing on automobile sectors as well as batteries. Louis, despite the appeal of the sector, why was there recent volatility in the China EV names? Sure, Tom. Following the reopening of China in last November, I think investors' positioning were largely in consumers and travel-related names in China. In our view, the automobile sector is more of a second-order effect that can only benefit once the economy recovers and consumers restores their confidence in large purchases, which we are looking at the second half of the year. Moreover, the recent price cut by one of the largest global EV makers has intensified the competition in China. Some of the EV makers have embarked on the similar strategy of cutting their price to defend their market share. Adding on to this intensified competition, we also see more EV model launches in this year compared to last year by the EV makers in China. So this means more options for the car buyers, but it's bad for EV makers whose vehicles do not have a unique value proposition. The price cut by the global EV makers is a big news. Have you seen the 
effects of the price cut on other players yet? Yes, Tom. We have seen several automakers' recent monthly figures in January, and sales actually fell by 30 to 50% compared to December last year. But this was sort of expected since Chinese New Year was in January this year, so there was actually lesser working days. The biggest impact of the price cut is seen in the mass middle market segment of RMB 200 to 300,000, where the drop in January sales was much more severe. You have outlined a rather bleak picture for the EV sectors in the recent times. So is there any positive developments that should keep investors excited about the sector? Yes, indeed. The situation in the first half of the year does not look that good for the EV sector, as competition has intensified to another whole new level. However, we believe only the scalable EV makers and traditional automakers who have a clear EV transition strategy will survive this price war. So one positive development is the lithium carbonate. This chemical accounts for the bulk of the cost in the batteries of electric vehicles, has seen its prices peak in last November, and has since fallen by more than 38%. This should help ease the pressure on the EV maker's margins. What about on the demand side then? Why would consumers prefer EV over a traditional car? Generally, we feel that the China consumers have gradually changed their perception of EV and are interested in owning an EV. The Chinese EV have also advanced along the years and are now capable of traveling longer distance on a single charge. In the long run, the operating costs of EV are also lower compared to a traditional vehicle as it has lesser moving parts and thus less maintenance costs. The cost of charging an EV is also much cheaper than refilling petrol of a traditional car for an equivalent amount of distance traveled. Fast charging technology are also being rolled out, so the time taken to charge an EV will be shorter as well. So all these are the plus points that will push the adoption rate further. Thank you, Luis. So how about the main concerns that's hindering the adoption of EV? Perhaps one of the most common concerns that car buyers have in switching to EV is the issue of range anxiety. This refers to the fear of running out of battery power while on the road without access to a charging station nearby. Some EV manufacturers have addressed this concern by selling plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, more commonly known as PHEVs, and some other manufacturers have introduced extended-range electric vehicles, or we call it EREVs. So this type of EV have an electric motor that runs on the battery and a traditional internal combustion engine that is powered by the gasoline which allow these vehicles to travel a longer distance than a typical battery EV car. Furthermore, they are also much more fuel efficient than traditional gasoline cars, which help drivers to save more money. At the same time, more charges are also being built up in China. Thank you, Louis. To close off, what are some of the risks you are looking out for in this sector? Aside from the intensified competition that is currently happening, we should also closely monitor geopolitics that could have an adverse effect on the Chinese EV sector. Let me explain. We think that the next phase of EV development in China will involve making the vehicles more intelligent and to advance to the next level of autonomous driving. But to achieve this, semiconductor chips and software are crucial. And the possibility of US restriction on access to these components may hinder the success of Chinese EV makers in this area. Anyway, to summarize, we hold the view that in the near term, the Chinese EV sector will be in the tough spot due to increased competition and the expiry of subsidies that make EVs cheaper to buy. However, in the second half of the year, we expect to see better sales growth, and we also remain optimistic about the long-term outlook since EV adoption will continue to increase due to favorable government policy, and this sector is a strategically important area for China 
to achieve carbon neutrality. Well, thank you, Louis, for sharing your valuable insight with us. Dear listeners, that's all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. On behalf of all of us at Julius Beer, thank you for tuning in and goodbye. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.